Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. This week on the Nonprofit News Feed, brought to you by Whole Whale, of course. Uh, we are talking about some news about a new bill that could increase nonprofit charitable donations, which is always exciting. We have news about Adidas and Yeezy shoes, uh, crypto, and some drama coming from the Urban League. And Nick, how's it going? I'm excited to get through this. It's going great, George. I'm excited to dive into it, especially because our first story today is that a new bill could increase nonprofit charitable donations. So the, quote, Charitable Act, a new bill in Congress was introduced on January 24th, 2023, by Senators James Lankford from Oklahoma and Chris Coons from Delaware. And as reported by the nonprofit Times, uh, the bill would allow anyone who donates to a charity to benefit from both the standard deduction and the charitable deduction. So this would be a significant change from the current tax code, which only allows taxpayers who itemize their deductions to claim a charitable deduction. The bill has the support of a number of nonprofit organizations, including the National Council of Nonprofits and the Charitable Giving Coalition. And if the bill is passed, it could lead to increased charitable giving, which would in theory, benefit all nonprofits. So the bill is currently being considered by the Senate Finance Committee. Um, and if the bill makes it out of committee and passed by the Senate, it would then go to the House for consideration. This article says that the bill has a good chance of passing both chambers of Congress um, and being signed into law by President Biden. And this would be a victory for nonprofits. So George, this seems like a, a great idea. It almost makes you wonder, <laughs> why didn't we think of this a while ago? Uh, but what are your thoughts on this potential really important piece of legislation for nonprofits? So this is sort of like almost undoing what was previously done. In 2022, it was the first year where taxpayers could no longer claim cash donations to charity while taking the standard deduction, and that went away. Uh, filing jointly, who were able to do $600 and single was $300 without itemizing. The truth is when you itemize your taxes, I love how we're into taxes, like immediately everyone went to sleep, but it was only about 15% of folks that itemized their deductions when making it versus taking the standard deduction. And so to allow this is opening up long tail donors. So a lot of those small uh, or size donors that are making you know, checks in that range uh, to different nonprofits will be more incentivized to do so, albeit I will say uh, traditionally through donor surveys and uh, all of the data I've seen, it is not a primary motivator. You know, it's, it's not in the, in, in, the, in the top three, right? The, the primary donators motivators really are a friend asked you. It's a cause you care about in your own backyard. Uh, and, you know, frankly, the, the fact that you get a tax uh, benefit is ancillary. That said, we are seeing macro trends of donations going down. We're waiting for some more data over the summer on this, but this is uh, really great to see at the congressional level to, to make this shift back to getting that incentive placed into um, into especially long-tail donors, small donors for the standard tax deduction size. No, George, I think that that's a great 
great analysis. I would agree. Uh, you know, when I make a donation, I'm not necessarily thinking about how I would itemize this and my taxes may not be a propellant, but could be, uh, have a, a nudge effect on uh, kind of the, the borders if, if people are thinking about charitable giving. So uh, I guess we'll wait and see how this bill progresses through our Congress, which right now is trying not to uh, implode the global economy. So maybe a little <laughs> distracted over the next couple of days. Um, <laughs> we'll certainly follow this one. All right, I can take us into a next one. And this is a little bit of a wild one, uh, but this comes from the Associated Press. And it says that after months of wrestling over the fate of millions of unsold Yeezy shoes, Adidas said on Thursday that it will sell a portion of its remaining inventory and donate the proceeds to charitable organizations. So Adidas is the German sportswear company, and they formally cut ties with Yee. Uh, formerly known as Kanye West in late October, following a slew of anti-Semitic comments. And he was kind of wandering the country with uh, some neo-Nazi white supremacist types. Uh, and since then, the fate of approximately 1.2 billion uh, euros worth, or 1.3 billion USD worth of unsold Yeezys uh, has been up in the air. But George, it seems that they're going to sell off their inventory in part and also donate to charity. What do we think about this one? I think it's a lot better than burning the shoes or sort of throwing them away. You don't, you know, you don't want to do that. I'm curious where they, uh, I'm curious where they are going to be donating. I, I saw some line saying they are going to actually be donating to Yee's nonprofit, which, uh, I'm looking for more information on and keep an eye on, uh, on as to who will be the beneficiary, but clearly, uh, it was, uh, something that captured, uh, you know, captured the narrative for, for a bit and says there's like, you know, there's a real risk to uh, anti-Semitic comments and, you know, what that does to a brand and these brand products. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are sneakers and they should be used, <laughs> like, regardless of uh, of those comments. So I, I think it's, you know, far, far better than like burning merchandise, which would be uh, just frustrating to see, I think. Yeah, George, I I, I agree. I, it's a bad it's a bad situation, right? Uh, you don't want your your brand to be tarnished in this way, and you know, with material harmful comments by uh, the person embodying the brand. But at the end of the day, if shoes can help people and or do some good in this world, uh, you can take what's a bad situation and make it a good situation. So I agree with you. Uh, and hopefully is able to help some people. All righty. And I can take us into our next story. And this one also comes from the Nonprofit Times. And that nonprofits, uh, including and endowment.org, that's E-N-D-A-O-M-E-N-T.org, and Global Giving have struck a crypto deal. So endowment.org assists with charitable donations within the, the crypto space and are teaming up with Global Giving, which is a national or international, let's say, ecosystem. It's a nonprofit itself, but it's also an ecosystem with lots of nonprofits under its auspices that helps uh, donors find reliable and trusted nonprofits to donate to. 
And endowment has raised 52 million since its founding, of which approximately 37 million has already been donated to US-based nonprofits and 15 million balance remaining as assets under management. So uh, George, this seems like a pretty big move within the crypto philanthropy space. Yeah, look, there's still deals happening out there, even though overall the sort of crypto news is is down. It is certainly not out. There's still a very large market cap hovering around a trillion dollars. There's still dollars, I mean, not dollars, sorry, uh, cryptocurrency that is, you know, out there for for nonprofits and to increase the, you know, chances that you get a donation into your strategy. Now's a great time to be building this into your your pipeline rather than being like, oh, crypto is dead just because you're not hearing it in the news. There are, again, deals happening. We've had endowment on, if you're curious. You know, we enjoy our work here at Whole Whale with uh, Giving Block as well, uh, a great resource if you're looking to bring crypto donations just into your your donation strategy. And uh, overall, you know, I think the season will come back and it, it would behoove you to be ready uh, for that. Although right now, I'll say crypto is kind of a wash with uh, meme coin frenzy again. So it seems to go through ridiculous cycles of whatever. But yeah, I don't care what the, the coin is called. When it gets liquidated and turned into money for your mission, uh, I'm here for that. I think that's great. Yeah, me too. George, it's been a while since we've talked about crypto on this this podcast i know um, i know it was you know it was the hype before the ai hype and you know i get was. sad when my hypes go away you know it's kind of you know i enjoyed it when it was here but you know i got the whole ai thing to the mm. take over the brain space i hear you at a certain point we'll have to have a metaphysical conversation about hypes um, and how they impact how we think about the world. Uh, but I want to take us into our next story. And this one comes from whas11.com and uh, out of Louisville. And the story is about the Louisville Urban League's former president and CEO has filed a lawsuit against the nonprofit uh, alleging essentially improper termination. So... Dr. Kish Kumi Price became the group's president in November 2022 uh, after former president Sadika Reynolds announced her resignation in October. And essentially, Price was trying to figure out where all this money swirling around the nonprofit was going. There were lots of questions about the slow release of funds, potentially improper bookkeeping, and, and really just kind of financial mismanagement. And uh, Price was attempting to fill in those blank spaces in understanding how the nonprofit was using its money. And as she alleges, uh, was ousted for uh, that, that questioning, um, essentially trying to figure it out. Um, this stems from what appears to be questions from the National Urban League, so the National Umbrella Organization, asking about financial impropriety and Price uh, was, as it appears, complying with those requests and was potentially ousted because of that, uh, essentially that compliance per per the lawsuit. So, George, we've seen this before with uh, rifts between boards and CEOs and some kind of and allegations of mismanagement that that really has quite negative downstream effects. What do we make of this? What do we make of this story? I think a lot of financial mismanagement 
or alleged mismanagement comes back to, in many cases, board oversight. The importance of a strong board can't be underemphasized. For nonprofits especially, they hold the power to hire and fire the CEO. They are the last line of defense on uh, fiscal stewardship. And so when you're building that board, when you're nurturing that board, when you're educating that board, I mean, these are the types of lessons to show them that like, you know, I look at one place and one place alone and it starts at the top and it's sad because you know what's going to happen. <clears throat> and I think it's, I, I mean, we can have people yell at us in the comments, but Louisville, I think is how they would prefer. I think the Louisville versus Louisville is, is a bit of, bit of drama. So yell at Nick in the comments or yell at me. Uh, but here's the thing. When you end up with AP news articles and other news articles pulling your name into these search results, this just is going to leave uh, an unfair mark on the historical namesake of, you know, Urban League, Louisville, uh, National Urban League is going to make it harder for them to avoid this over time. So I also, for some reason in my mind, it's like it's a compounding mistake that simply because of the way the search internet and reputation and your digital footprint work uh, carries far deeper issues than just the initial controversy of, of settling this with, with a CEO in this case and a wrongful termination, but the airing of the financial dirty laundry is not, is not good. But I also don't understand is like, it's a public facing 990. Those data are there. Like you're going to be able to figure this out. I don't get the like, Oh, we're just going to reallocate a million here and a million there. It's coming from the same pot. Like, if you find yourself in a room where those types of conversations are being had, like, put this in the back of your mind. Yeah, George, I, I think that you kind of get to the the tension here, which is this is a this is a very public thing, um, and you know, firing a CEO, ousting a CEO, is itself very public. You have to wonder whether if you're trying to do something potentially bordering on ethics, you might be creating more no noise uh, than silence in that case. And now we're reading about it and talking about it on a podcast. Um, so we'll see how this unfolds. Uh, but I think something to keep in mind, you need a strong ethical board with smart leaders dedicated to uh, making sure that everything is done above book um, and money is managed well. Yeah, uh, this is a good point to say if you are looking for help in building your board capacity and intelligence, the nonprofitist, nonprofitist, nonprofit.ist, partner of ours, great place to find experts and consultants for board development. See how I wove that in? It's pretty, pretty smooth, I think. <laughs> George, that was, that was pretty smooth. And uh, I don't have as smooth a transition, but... I think we need to go into our feel-good story. And this one comes from Coos Bay's World. And the story is about a puffin party, a local nonprofit helping visitors spot the iconic bird. George, have you ever seen a puffin in real life? I think so. Yes, I have seen a puffin. Very cute. Wow. Well, well, George, you are one of not very many people because this nonprofit is holding a puffin watching party. And the C nonprofit, SEA, is dedicated to promoting education and awareness of shoreline habitats and wildlife. 
And as part of this mission, sea volunteers are also helping visitors spot puffins at the Face Rock Viewpoint and Coke Hill Point. Um, and they are having a puffin party uh, to start out the season looking for birds, letting people know about the interpretive work that the nonprofit does. Um, and we love this story, you know, uh, celebrating coastal habitats, uh, raising awareness about the work of a nonprofit. And they say here that the trick to spotting a puffin um, is as simple as just to keep looking. Um, wise, wise words. So <laughs> we... We love puffins. We love nonprofits. We love coastal habitats. Yeah, it kind of falls into one of my my favorite sayings uh, when someone says, how do I do this? Or what is the trick to achieving that or finding a puffin? And I will just simply ask, have you tried trying? So just try harder. Uh, and mm -hmm. I can't I can't turn down uh, alliterations, right? Like if you can ever just turn whatever you're doing into an alliteration, you're good. And if you can put an animal in there, there you go. Win. Uh, yes. All righty. Nick, I got a question for you. What time did the mm -hmm. Dentists Without Borders conference start? <laughs> Dentists Without Borders. Uh, oh, gosh. I don't know. What, what time did it start? 2.30. Oh, brother. <laughs> He's not happy with that one. <sighs> well, that's what you get for making it to the end. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time, George.